podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Baffle podcast. This is episode two and we're joined by some new faces. We've got Jake Leach, who's the Arsenal Baffle editor. And we've got Andrew Jones, who is the Burnley correspondent for The Athletic. Thank you Hello. both for coming. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> so, big game this weekend at the bottom of the table uh, for Arsenal and Burnley. Um, late kickoff on Sunday evening. Neither team in great form. How Initial thoughts of how we see this one going? Um, I mean, it obviously has been a terrible start from an Arsenal perspective. Um, I've seen a lot of things online about, you know, trust the process. But, you know, in, in my opinion, yeah, you can trust the process, but there's, there's no excuse for this club of this size to be sitting 15th in the league table. So, I, I don't know, it just makes me think, like, how far do you go with trusting the process? True. And what, what about Burnley's start to the season? Currently sitting 18th. After 10 games, obviously Arsenal played one more, but not a great start for Sean Dyche's men either. No, definitely not. Um, could have been better. Could have been a lot better. Um, it's It's been a combination of things, really. Um, injuries to start the season didn't help. They started the season with basically seven first-team players out. And when you've got a squad of Burnley's size, which is already very small because of the budget and the financial constraints, you're sort of always then playing catch-up the first three games. They didn't play well in and. And sort of since West Brom onwards, sort of after that first international break, they've showed signs of putting performances together, really, and, and and sort of getting the points on the board. I mean, you look at Man City and Chelsea were two games that, you know, they came up against two very good sides on the day. Um, you know, they always love, love playing the Etihad because they always lose 5-0. But um, no, in terms of the games that you, you look at and go, they need to pick points up from those games. They've been doing that. Um, and... You know, they'll look at this, the Arsenal game, and it'd be an interesting one, I think, because they'll look at it and see Arsenal and the way they've, you know, the form's dipped dramatically in the league. And, and they'll probably sense an opportunity. I think last season they, they went there early on in the season and played quite well and, and gave a good account of themselves. And it was a really good, I think it was a Bamiyan goal, wasn't it, to, to, to win the game 2 1. Um, so they've sort of got a bit of confidence. They played well against two of the last three, they've played well. Against Palace and Everton, created chances, which is what they weren't doing. Um, so they'll hopefully look to build on that and, and try and cause Arsenal as many problems as, as possible. As an Arsenal fan, it's really frustrating to watch because we've sort of gone backwards two steps and forward one step. We can now defend reasonably well, but we've lost all sense of danger in attack. Like Aubameyang has gone what twice this season, once from open play. I think our top scorer is Lacazette on four goals or something joint with Nketiah. It's all a bit mismatched. And I think, but with Burnley traditionally quite a defensive team, it's going to be even, it's hard to break them down. It's going to be even harder with a lack of a creative outlet. Um, obviously, Europa League was better for us, 4-2, off the back of a disappointing North London derby. But I don't know, you're right, Jake. I think 15th for Arsenal after 11 games is nowhere near where we should be. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. Like, and just I just got I, I just about that a question about obviously, do you think that you guys are gonna come to the Emirates and be a lot more kind of expansive because you know 
we're just not at the minute. We're just not scoring goals. So I, I, I just wonder if you guys will tweak a few things and just think. In fact, I think you know. I think we can actually win here. I would. I would be surprised if they become sort of more open. Um, I would imagine they'll still sort of maintain the Burnley, you know, the, the way of playing, um, the, the, the norm basically. Um, because what they wouldn't want to do is then is go too far and then end up sort of on the heels and and one nil down and, and can see the silly goal. Like you look at the the game against City, you know, they don't they don't even get a chance to to build into the game because they're already one nil down with with Mares's goal. So. I would, I would, I would imagine it'll still be a similar, normal approach from from Sean Dyche's his side. Um, but I think the interesting that you mentioned that sort of defensively, it'll be interesting to see how Burnley try and, and go up against and see maybe test Gabriel a little bit physically, um, and because he's you know he's been brilliant to start the season, he's done really well, um, and sort of Jay Rodriguez will drop into the pockets, try and link, uh, link the play. Dwight McNeil is is the danger man at the end of the day. Uh, you get him the ball sort of as much as possible and he's the person who, who will make things happen um, so there'll be an element of and I remember last season Burnley pressed really high and looked to try and break things down really early and, and stop Arsenal from playing out when Arsenal played out they looked very dangerous because you know Burnley had overloaded at times uh, but equally sometimes Burnley were able to nick it and then look you know dangerous um, because they, they, they play effective football and efficient football and try and get to the goal as quickly as possible um, which is what they'll try and do. They'll try and, you know, set pieces as usual will always be a big threat. Um, so I wouldn't imagine there'll be too much difference in the way Burnley play, but I think um, they will sort of take confidence from the defensive displays recently to, again, sort of try and nullify Arsenal's threat. Uh, I know Arsenal have, have sort of been, I think it's been picked up on, on crossing a lot more um, sort of recently. Um, but that's sort of James Tarkovsky and Ben Mee's bread and butter. Uh, Nick Pope as well, so the sort of plays into the hands, but at the same time, you know that you've got undoubted quality um, from Arsenal and, and you know Aubameyang, Lacazette. You go through the list; they can all pop up with something special. I know they haven't in in sort of recent weeks, but there's always that potential that they can. Yeah, I think I think it was 44 crosses against Spurs and 37 of which didn't pass the first man or something, which is truly shocking. Um, is it too early for any manager, either Arteta or Dyche, to be under pressure and of losing their job, do we think? I don't know. A lot of Arsenal fans have been wanting Arteta out. It's still under a year, really, for him. Dyche has been there for a while and been up and down. Obviously, Europa League qualification a couple of years ago and now sort of pondering bottom bottom three at the moment. Is he is he under any threat? I don't. I don't think so. Not at this point, anyway. Um, because he is, you know, Benny have, have been in adverse situations on a number of occasions. I mean, you go back sort of two seasons. Twenty. You mentioned the Europa League when when they were in it. Uh, they picked up twelve points in the first nineteen games, so they were really in it. You know, in trouble. Uh, but they stuck by Dice and he turned it round. And there's been occasions where you know throughout his tenure where you know they've you know they've not picked up results and gone on bad runs and then they've turned it round and suddenly. You know the four or five unbeaten or something like that. So there's there's still no doubt when the players are still fully behind them. You know the vast majority of the supporters, um, because he, he's been there and done it before. And I think when you look at Burnley, you always sort of have to ask the question: Well, if you got rid of Dice, for example, and who on earth would you bring yeah. in? And I just don't know 
I, I couldn't tell you one person who would he would even get close to, you know, being able to produce what Sean Dice has produced with the players he's got, sort of the budgets he's worked with. Um, so I, I don't think he's he's under any pressure at the moment. Obviously, if it continues and it continues yeah. to get worse, and um, you know, then then things might change and, and they may be forced into it. But I just think, um, you know, the board and, and every everyone at the club is is fully behind the manager because he's done it before and and they're backing him to to do it again. Yeah, I think I agree. To be fair, like I always think, if he was to leave Burnley, like who would you get? Who could do a job like he has with the players and the in terms of who is bought? Obviously, it's it hasn't a long list, is it? Really, it's just an absolute fantastic job. Was it two years ago now when, um, like you say, the year before you finished in the Europa League, unreal season? I just think. Who else could actually, you know, match what he has done? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's it's two two our last three seasons to finish in the top ten. Uh, one of them was a seventh place, and and sort of for, and I think what 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 Dice does so well is he even though his budget isn't you know it's it's not big, it's very small to be quite honest. You know, he works with the players that he's got, and he he develops them so well, and he. He moulds a team to fit into to bring the best of their abilities in each, every single player, um, and I think that's why he gets so much, you know, sort of adulation from the players themselves because they love playing under him. They love his methods. They love sort of the culture that he's instilled in, throughout the entire club. Um, and, and when you've got those sort of key values to start off with, it's a very good starting point, and you can see that. And and even you know, with the difficulties in the summer of players leaving contract situations and. Um, and then not really buying anyone in the summer window other than Dale Stevens. Um, you know, they could e- it could easily have gone one way, and but you know the other way if you like, and, and things could have got you know turned negatively. And in, even though the form's not been good, um, the signs suggest that they're sort of on that upward trajectory, and I think that's that's promising. Um, and it's it's they've now got to sort of turn those draws into wins and and try and you know put a few back to back wins together and, and the Christmas period would be really important because they're playing a, a few teams sort of in and around them so they'll they'll need to pick up points. The sides like Burnley and obviously no offence to Burnley in that sort of phrase fear Arsenal now because I, I've never I've like this season I've not gone into games against traditionally weaker sides than Arsenal particularly confident. And it's sort of shown with our results. Apart from Fulham, that was the only sort of game I was reasonably confident in. Do, do Burnley and sort of teams around them fear Arsenal anymore? It's a good question. Um, I mean, Burnley go into every game, you know, with the intention of winning, as every team do. Um, I think you look at it and you look at the Arsenal at Turf more, and I know Arsenal have got a number of results at Turf more. But no game's easy, and there's been a few 90th minute winners and. You know, a few refereeing decisions, for example, that haven't, you know, swung Burnley's way. Um, so I, I don't think there's there's necessarily a fear. I think there's a respect, as you have with every team, for the, the for their qualities. Um, but I think it's it's for Burnley, it's a case of you know making sure you you shore it up at one end, but then how do you then affect the other? And I think that's that can be the issue at times. But I think at this point in the way Arsenal are playing, I think there's no reason to have any fears because. You know, as 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 I've said a couple of times, you know, you have got the quality players that Arsenal have got. Equally, you know, they aren't firing on all cylinders, and therefore you've got the opportunities to try and, you know, you know, rustle rustle them up a little bit and ruffle a few feathers, and 
and you know try and try and be effective when on the ball and, and be confident and and try and you know play your football instead of just sort of sitting in and hoping for the best. I think that's the difference now. I think Burnley are, are confident and have got ex- experienced players who have played at these venues, played these teams a number of times now. Where you see it at Old Trafford last season when he went there and, and won two 0 and it was really comfortable two 0 um, you know the, that fear factor—it's it, just not there anymore because you you get that experience and it's not all new anymore. You, you come up against these players, you know what they're like, you know what they're going to try and do. Um, so I, I I wouldn't say fear. I guess respect for what you know the opposition can do more than anything else. So we mentioned Dwight McNeil. You mentioned Dwight McNeil earlier as sort of the danger man. He's sort of the threat I look at for us, especially going up against you presume Bellerin if you play him on the left, um, who I better I don't think has been amazing this season. Is there anyone else Arsenal should particularly watch out for um, in terms of the players we've got? Or is, is Dwight McNeil sort of that standout? I, I think he's definitely the standout in terms... I mean, I, I sort of call him... The, he's, he's the chief playmaker for Burnley. He is, he is the person who creates the most... Um, He's, 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 an, he's an excellent young player um, and he's got so much room to grow uh, still. But, you know, he can say, and it was interesting. I was, I was sort of in, in a press conference with Sean Dice today and he, and he was saying it's it's almost a good thing that people are suggesting that McNeil's not necessarily having his best or in his best moment or best sort of form at the moment because that suggests that his expectations have become so much higher than when, you know, a year and a half ago he was still that young kid at Burnley. He's now an established Premier League player and, but he he is the, I mean his his crossing ability is excellent um and you know his his ability to sort of come inside and affect the play but also he's he's got the outside of being able to dribble past people and, and go past people at speed um and then sort of dig out crosses when you just don't think there's a cross to be to be dug out um and he you know he pr- provides a service mainly for the front two I think the other one would be Jay Rodriguez I think he's a, I I think he's a brilliant player I think he's so intelligent um. Dropping into sort of the pockets, Chris Wood, sort of last man runs on behind, and it, gives, it opens the space for Rodriguez, and he's very good at linking the play. It's what Burnley sort of missed uh, when it was Barnes and Wood. There wasn't sort of that player to link the the front two in the midfield. Jay Rodriguez came back in against Palace, um, and did so against Everton when it was the four four two because he changed system against City. Um, but Jay Rodriguez, he comes into the pockets. He's very good in, in possession. He's he's calm. He you know he takes that extra touch if you like just to survey everything and and pick the right pass and. Um, so he's he's a, he's a really clever footballer. Um, so I, I guess he's he's another danger man who, because if if they don't get that link, then they suddenly become become very ineffective. Can become very ineffective quickly. So he 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 is quite important. Um, and I guess Robbie Brady on the other side. He had a really good game against Everton. Um, injuries have not been kind to him at all for the last sort of eighteen months, and he's finding his way back. Um, but he he can provide a threat. Um, if if he puts in another performance like he did against Everton, then you know he's another one to sort of look out for. And Jake, from an Arsenal perspective, who who should we sort of like warn Burnley fans about? Sort of either on current form or. Oh. I mean, probably it's fair to say that I mean for me this season I've liked Mohamed Elneny. I think he's been one of the star performers. Obviously, I know he was out a few weeks ago because obviously he had um, the virus or that whatnot. Obviously, you look at players like Gabriel, who has won every single player of the month this season. Uh, I think Kieran Tierney's played well, but obviously, the it, when I'm saying this, it's quite a similar pattern. It's all players who play when 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 the sides go backwards, when we're um, 
But from an attacking point of view, I mean, like you say, Lacazette's been probably average at best. Aubameyang's been poor. And I just think is now the time to maybe throw some... I wouldn't call them youngsters no more, but is this the time to maybe see now in Ketia, maybe uh, Reese Nelson, Smithrow, maybe even a Balogun? I think this would be the time to do it, but then on the flip side, you've got to think, well, these players like Lacazette and, you know, um, they will surely come in, they will surely at some point, you know, refine their form, but it's just a case of when. But yeah, I, I think right now, I think you guys probably should be fearful of Mohamed El Nene. Like that is probably all I can say so far. Um, it's, I was going to pick up on El Nene in the midfield. Partey's out, obviously. Again, we brought it back in the derby. He, he didn't even last forty-five minutes. Rushed back from injury. He's out. The yeah. midfield is going to be interesting. I wasn't convinced at all by Xhaka the other weekend. Um, El Nene sort of uh, El Nene will be the one to come in. Who plays alongside him, and how does that match up with? With Burnley, it, I mean, you've got so so it'll be a, a midfield two of Ashley Westwood and, and Josh Brownell, um, who speaking to Sean Dice today is very pleased with sort of how Brownell's developed um, since he came in last January. Um, obviously, he didn't have a, a smooth start to his career at Burnley because of lockdown, etc., etc. He had actually, he, I think, he played a minute. Um, before you know lockdown happened, um, but since then he's sort of he, you know he's really found himself and he's really adapted and he looks it looks a Premier League player now I guess um, and, and Ashley Westwood has, has certainly you know helped him in that because he's a really really good player you know, for the last two 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 and a half seasons now I guess um, you know he's been one of the standout performers for Burnley consistently sort of that seven out of ten you know he very rarely has a poor game. Um, you know, both of them are very energetic. Um, they, you know, they, they'll look to press when when Burnley have the opportunity to press. Equally, you know, they're very quick transitioning back to the you know the, the shape and the structure that John Dice likes. They're both aggressive, um, sort of in the tackle. Um, they look to try and force turnovers. They look to get on second balls, which is you know a key a key part of Burnley's game. So that you know they won't make it easy for Arsenal. You're not going to find much time on the ball. I don't think um, unless Burnley are. You know, I've, I've sort of tried to press and it's not quite worth and Arsenal played out and then they'll come and sit and sort of, uh, or, you know, it's a sustained period of pressure where Burnley haven't, you know, sit in. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be, it'll be difficult. I mean, it's it's never, they won't give you the seconds piece, yeah. essentially. And, and then when they get on the ball, Westwood loves to play forward. Um, it's one of the things Sean Dyche has, you know, sort of drilled into him, basically. It was one of the things he picked out when he first first arrived, that he was too sort of safe in possession. And now, you know, pretty much everything he does is, is forwards. He's looking to play wood in behind. He's looking to play into Rodriguez in the pocket. He's looking to fight, you know, spread the plays uh, wide to full-backs or, or the wide men. Um and then Brian will sort of just do all the other little stuff. Um, he sort of he's the more aggressive, so he'll look to try and go beyond and join join in, um, in sort of into the box, and he's happy to carry the ball as well. Um, so that you know, it's it, but it it's one of those situations where it depends how much they actually manage to get on the ball, um, because sometimes in the, in these situations, Burnley can sort of go long pass too often, and then they sort of get taken off the game a little bit. Um, so that's a challenge for from a Burnley perspective to try and get them on the ball. Um, but equally, 
you know, they, they will have huge uh, responsibility defensively. Sean Dice has loads of central midfielders. Um, but, you know, they'll try and make it as uncomfortable as possible and not allow the likes of Shakhtar if he plays or, you know, El Nenny to try and, you know, link the play and, and knit it and get Arsenal moving forwards. So from an Arsenal perspective, I'm sort of guessing we'll stick to that 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 kind of mould with those two deeper ones. Almost in a sense, sort of try and match like what you were saying with those Burnley two. What are, what formation are you expecting from Burnley? I think it would be four four two. Um, I would be very unless unless they pick up a, an injury late on because um, they have only got two wide men. Um, yeah. Like at, at City, the Josh Brownell was got injured sort of in the day or two before the game, so Josh Benson stepped in. Um, but then they didn't have uh, Robbie Brady was injured and Johan by Goodenson is fitness. They're just monitoring his fitness because they don't want to bring him back too early and it's another reoccurrence of an injury. So they have to switch to sort of a four, uh, sort of a four-three-three uh, with sort of Brady, not Brady Barnes and Rodriguez either side of Wood. Uh, that very quickly changed because they didn't really get, as I mentioned before, they didn't get a chance to implement it because. City took the lead so early, so it ended up being sort of a four-four-two with Rodriguez as, yeah. as the right midfielder. Um, so I'd be very surprised if it's anything different. Um, you know, Dice he likes having the two strikers up top. He likes having you know them being able to support each other, um, and then it also gives them that that base, that structure to work from um, defensively, and then try and spring from it. Um, so I think it'll be four-four-two. Um, I would imagine. Um, it'd probably be the same team or the that that started against Everton because um, it did did play well, um, and you know it'll just be a case of of trying to you know manage the game and and then picking their moments for when they can try and get forward and and cause Arsenal problems. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Um, predictions. I want to sort of just see where we're going to think of it. Is no pressure. Obviously, <laughs> we're not going to sort of like. Think anything less of you if we get it massively wrong. I never do. I, I uh, last time I did this was before the Spurs game, uh, before the Wolves game, and I wasn't confident at all, and it obviously showed. And I predicted us to lose the Spurs, and we did. I don't know where to go with this. I because I, I think we can defend better, but I don't trust us in attack anymore. So usually against Burnley, I'd probably go quite heavy, three-one type thing. I'm not sure anymore. Um, I think score draw. I know it's at the Emirates. I know we're favourites. We have fans. It should motivate us. But oh, I just can't see it going our way. Um, so I think probably a 1-1. Maybe we'll nick it 2-1. But um, Jake, what do you think? Sort of, you've, you've seen Arsenal more than me this season. Um, well, yeah, so a, a bit like you, when I went to the Emirates to watch the game v Aston Villa, um, I was completely... With what I saw, I was completely shocked. Like, I know that obviously Aston Villa are a good side, as they've shown this season, but that that there kind of changed my opinion about this season slightly. So when I mean that, I mean every time when I go into a game, I'm thinking in the back of my mind, like teams can just do that and rip you apart. So I'd say I'm. I think I agree with you. A score draw. I think that probably Burnley could probably take the lead, and then. I think it'll probably finish 1-1 or 2-2. I just, I can't see a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, and the reason why I say that is simply for the fact because 
surely, uh, obviously, you guys are going to come here, you know, watching other teams like Aston Villa, who are, you know, a smaller team as such, with lesser players, but completely wipe the floor. Um, and again, obviously, when you go forward, it's just not happened this season. I think it's going to be in the air a lot. I think we're going to see a proper old-school game where it's in the air. Because obviously, against Spurs, you know, we love the crosses. And a side like Burn, obviously, love that too. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to go out there and say 1-1. Yeah, so I seem to agree. What about you, Burnley, perspective, Andrew? Are you sort of confident? Um, to, be fun, to be honest, I was going to go 1-1 as well. Um, <laughs> it, it's one of those, it's... It, as I sort of said to you before we started, um, it could easily be one of those games where Arsenal just click. And yeah. It's 3-0 or 2-0 and, you know, it's a comfortable one and you sort of, you know, from a Burnley perspective, you go, you know, we could have, we should have probably caused them more problems or, you know, done better. Um, but equally, I just, I, sort of looking at Arsenal and I just feel that Burnley should be able to deal with them um, defensively. I think, for you know, in terms of, you know, limiting them to, to chances, limiting them to, to really good opportunities and, and trying to nullify the, the attacking threats that Arsenal have got. So, and sort of at the same time, I just have a feeling that, you know, Burnley have looked better going forwards. And therefore, I think, especially from set pieces, you know, they've got so many threats they can throw in there. Yeah. Um, as you say, can they sort of replicate what other teams have managed to do? I mean, the issue Burnley have got really is the lack of pace. Uh, sort of Villa and, and Wolves have both got a lot of pace to, to go the other way and, and counter quickly, whereas Burnley don't really have that. Um, but, you know, I, I, I sort of, I, I said to you that I sort of felt quite optimistic about the game. So I think I think I will go 1-1, um, but I think yeah. it could easily be a completely different scoreline to that. <laughs> I think if, if, if Aubameyang finds his form and something happens and whoever it's, whether it's Willock or Sabahs and manage to get that final pass across, and then I think we're in. Um but again, it's just, it's ultimately if we can get Aubameyang involved in the game. He had barely anything against Spurs and I think that's what ultimately cost us. Thank you. Finally, one more thing. What is your standout Arsenal versus Burnley fixture? What, what's the one game that sort of stands out when we say Arsenal versus Burnley? Wow. So, me personally, you know, might not expect an answer, but I loved that game. Um, I think it was 15-16 when, I think you touched on it a minute, um, Andy, about the last-minute winners. It was when, was it Lauren Koscielny scored a last-minute, to a last-minute. And I'm not sure why that really is in my head, but every time I think of Arsenal Burnley, I just think of that, you know, crossing to the box. It's just a classic, it's just a classic event at somewhere like Turf Moor, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was that that was the offside and ball one, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That's why. <laughs> I think what well, for me, I mean it's from a Burnley perspective, it's quite limited because they don't do very well against Arsenal. Um for me covering the club I've I've I started covering them last season. Um but I think the nil nil at Turf Moor I really enjoyed. Uh, it was a really good game of footy generally. Um uh, but also Burnley played really well in it. Should have nicked it with Jay Rodriguez's uh, two-yard miss off the bar. Still don't know how he, did, how he, he didn't yeah. score that. Um, and then just sort of the the sort of the, the stuff at the end with with Gwendouzi and uh, the fans sort of taking the taking the mick out of him. I quite sort of quite enjoyed that because um, Burnley fans they don't particularly like Arsenal. They like winding them up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so they, they, that was that was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, so I think that that one sticks out for me. But I, I mean, there's not many would, that would stick out for Burnley because they've been on the the wrong side of a, a lot of refereeing decisions in games, and also when they've gone the Emirates, they've just not been good enough um, on on occasions, and on others they've they've been unlucky a little bit. Um, but yes, I think last season's nil nil, even though Burnley didn't win it, um, they probably should have, and it was just a really good sort of end to end back backwards and forwards game. You didn't really know. Momentum sort of switched a couple of times, and yeah, that, that one for me. I might be wrong. I think was it a few like three years ago now? It might have been twenty seventeen with the late penalties. Sanchez dinked it. Yeah, I think that on. was twenty sixteen seventeen. I'm inclined. I think it was Burnley's first season back because it was Andre Gray who scored the penalty um, for Burnley, and obviously he left. I think that summer. So it must have been that one. But yeah, that was, I think they were both 90th minute, minute, weren't they? Yeah, that's what I thought. It sort of like, well, penalty one end to level it. Yeah. I think, and then Sanchez went the right other end and won it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We, I, we don't know what's going to happen, obviously. Arsenal perspective, I hope we win. I hope it's comfortable. I hope we score three or four. And then it's not problem solved. And we're nowhere near to fixing it. But it gives that must, us that momentum going into Christmas. Likewise, I'm sure Burnley could do with a, another win. Yeah. To lift them out I mean, if. If if you're offered barely a point now, they'd happily take it. Yeah. But you just never know, do you? If if there's a chance to win, you know why not? <laughs> Let's uh, dream. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, yeah, we don't know. But um, Arsenal Burnley Sunday evening. Make sure to watch it. It'll be definitely a good one. Thank you both for joining us. It was a good one. Definitely a fun one. Um, good luck to Burnley. Can I say that, or is that sort <laughs> of... <laughs> no? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe and come back next time where we'll be previewing Arsenal's next game. Cheers. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.